Mason Rudolph talking like he might be the top option if uh, if the Steelers go with a backup quarterback against the Panthers. We'll talk about that on a crossover Thursday, plus all the matchups you got to look out for with Steelers-Panthers going into this weekend. It's Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, joined by Julian Council of Locked On Panthers. It's going to be a fun one. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Steelers. It's yet another crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. No competing with other players. It's just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players if they score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can up to 10 times your money on your first entry. It can literally take you less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks, and we know that you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Again, locked on NFL crossover Thursday. Julian Council of Locked On Panthers, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, Panthers, Steelers, two five and eight teams playing at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte on Sunday. Chris, how you feeling about this matchup, my guy? I mean, it's kind of interesting that you know you're, you're you have a matchup here where one team is basically out of the playoffs and the other team is like in the heat of a division race right now um, with the same record, but. You know, that, that's that's how divisions go. I think it's interesting because the Panthers also are playing a lot better football than they were earlier in the season. They've won three out of their last four. The Steelers look like they could have been on that track, but they lose to the Ravens. They had won three out of those four, and if they had won that game, they would have been four out of the last five. And there would have been a lot more different discussions going on in Pittsburgh. But Kenny Pickett goes down. Uh, he's in the concussion protocol. The biggest story for Steelers right now is what's his status? Because even if the Steelers don't win – this game or don't finish with a winning record. I think everyone in Pittsburgh's priority is not only him being okay, but him developing at the end of the season. He's gotten better as the season's gone along. And we now know that with the Steelers practice report, he did practice individually with the Steelers. He, he did run drills, but he did not do team drills with the Steelers. So he was in a limited, he was a limited participant in practice. Mike Tomlin has said that if he was cleared from the concussion protocol, Kenny Pickett will start this game that would give the rookie another chance to, to play. Uh, but if he's not, it would be a battle between Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph. And Mason Rudolph came out um, after post after post practice interviews on uh, on Wednesday, saying he felt like if there was a two A and two B situation, that he was the two A at least to start the, at, le at least on the uh, the Wednesday practice. So, be very interesting to see who does start for the Steelers in this game. But I think a lot of Steelers fans there's there's the cautious like excitement, be like, hey, you want to see Kenny Pickett start, but also this is the second time he's been in the concussion protocol. A lot of people are just concerned for his safety. Yeah, and I remember I was looking at the Post-Gazette where you work at also covering mm -hmm. the University of Pittsburgh, and I was reading up on how the last time around, Kenny Pickett was not available on that Wednesday, but then eventually he was able to practice, he was able to practice and was available for that yep. Sunday night football against Miami. And yeah, you talk about development, you got a rookie quarterback, and we know the severity of concussions over the last couple of years and just how dangerous it can be after you mm -hmm. suffer a second concussion in a single season. So I wonder even just for his long-term health, 
does it make sense for the Steelers to play him? Now, Mason Rudolph is a local kid from Rock Hill, uh, played, of course, at Oklahoma State, which is not locally here, but it would be a homecoming for him in that game. Is there really any way they're leaning right now with the two of them, Mitch Trubisky, who played at University of North Carolina, and in um, Mason Rudolph kind of splitting reps on Wednesday? Well, I mean, according to Mason Rudolph, it's it's it, he's he's leading the way right now. I know this. Mike Tomlin is all about his backup quarterbacks not turning the ball over. That's your biggest key. And Mitch Trubisky threw three interceptions in a Ravens game that if one of those plays isn't an interception and they get a field goal out of that drive, they probably win the game that they lost by two. Um, and that's a game where. You know, the Steelers, if they win that game, they're in a different conversation as far as how their season is going uh, right now. Still not great, but, but you know, be doing better. There clearly would be one game. This game would be playing for their chance to get back to 500 instead of, be, you know, trying to get back to two games below 500. So uh, I certainly think that that's where they're, that, you know, it's it's up for grabs. And I think that Mitch Trubisky shouldn't feel as comfortable. But the Steelers should have shown him. They should have shown him from the start of the season. You know, it was week four against the Jets. They pulled him at halftime and put Kenny Pickett in when Mitch Trubisky was named the team captain coming out of training camp. So I, I think it's a lot more delicate than people than, than people realize, and I think most people realize. But, you know, this is something I said at the beginning of the season. Nobody's seat should feel safe this season at the quarterback position. People who have been in Pittsburgh have been accustomed to that since 2004, that it's just Ben Roethlisberger's spot and there's nothing else to be said about that. That ain't the case right now. Even Kenny Pickett, you know, if he was playing really poorly, I think that they would have sat him and said, "Hey, rookie, we're gonna we're gonna let you kind of think about what you're doing right now and try one of these one of these vets over here." I think Mitch Trubisky might start this game if if Kenny Pickett's not available, but he would be on a short leash. And if if things were going awry, they'd put in Mason Rudolph and say, "Hey, we're gonna give you a shot because you you kind of sat on the bench all year long. You haven't made a peep. You haven't unfollowed us on Instagram. But we're gonna give <laughs> we're gonna show you this stuff because you know that happens, Julie. That happens all yeah. the time in sports." I also I think it's the first time I've seen a starting wide receiver get after a quarterback because Deontay Johnson and him and Mitch Trubisky had a, had a little uh, scuffle, scuffle in the locker room at some point this season at halftime right like that's that's yeah, something like, like I, I, it was a, it, there was a disagreement and it was actually the Jets game uh, uh when he when he got benched which was all which was very interesting but both like it wasn't that big of a deal it was just more of like a, they had a disagreement on like what, where he was supposed to go with certain balls. But at the time, Deontay Johnson had dropped a touchdown pass. So right. I think it was a little bit of back and forth as far as the frustration when a team was losing. Yeah, you got a lot of dudes out here playing quarterback in this league who don't get the ball mm -hmm. to the top receivers. And you wonder if they ever have some uh, tasteful conversations in the locker room and that one getting out there. Uh, that kind of uh, perked my, uh, my, my eyebrows there when I heard that now. I don't want to see Mitch Trubisky because I'm going to show you this right here. I told you. <laughs> so I, I don't want to see him because every Sunday, all I do is get sick and hand embarrassment when this dude's out here throwing the interceptions in costume in a game where the Ravens are down to their third string quarterback in uh, Anthony Brown. So I don't want to see Mitch Trubisky. Now, as far as the Carolina Panthers go, you're right. It's weird to be here in week 15, have two teams, one at five and eight, the other, of course, at five and eight, same record. And they're playing for two entirely different things as Pittsburgh season is basically over. I don't see the Jets and Chargers and Dolphins, some of the other teams kind of competing there for the final two spots, losing enough in the next couple of weeks for Pittsburgh to get back in this race. But Carolina at five and eight, having won three of their last four games and winning the first time on the road since November of 2021. Mm -hmm. against the Arizona Cardinals and winning their first back-to-back -back games since week two and week three of last season as well. They are now in prime position. If they win out, they are hosting a playoff game 
for the first Crazy. time at home since the 2015 season, which is wild to me, especially considering nine weeks ago, yeah. they fired Matt Rule, which was not really surprising to anyone. I was an advocate of bringing back Rule. You give him another year. They had talked about this being a process. He's a college coach. They completely flipped the roster. Why not see if he can do something? Didn't do anything. They were one and four. And since then, this entire identity of this team has shifted. They've really found an identity because we had no mm. idea what exactly they were trying to accomplish on offense in the first five weeks. We didn't know what they were necessarily doing. We knew what they did defensively. They would be great for the first three quarters, and they would get tired because their offense couldn't move the football. Well, since then... Wilkes has really dedicated himself to running the football. And as a defensive guy, it's not really surprising that a defensive head coach will want to have an offense that complements his defense. And the Carolina Panthers are finally playing complimentary football. They have a kicker also in special teams of Eddie Pinheiro, who's a special teams player of the week in the NFC this week, who mm. cost him in part the game a couple weeks ago against the Falcons on the road. And they have a punter in Johnny Hecker, who's second and the fan voting for the Pro Bowl. So it's not just offense. It's not just defense. It's special teams. This is all around a well-rounded football team that's 5-8 and eight, that if they win on Sunday, they're right there in position with three more games left to play. More importantly, the Week 17 game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to where they could actually be right there as a team hosting a playoff game, which you tell me that, I mean, even two weeks ago, I would have a tough time believing that, but they're right in it here in uh, mid-December in the NFC playing some important games for the first time in a while. So, yeah, it, it's weird to see how things are going on with the Carolina Panthers. But we'll continue to break down this Panthers-Steelers matchup coming up on Sunday here in Charlotte in just a moment as we'll talk about some of the key matchups on the Panthers' side and the Steelers' side. We'll talk about that here in just a moment here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Steelers and yet another Locked On NFL crossover Thursday edition brought to you by our friends at Pick. But before we do, this episode of Locked On Panthers and Lost Song Steelers is brought to you by Simply Safe at Locked On Panthers and at Locked On Steelers. We believe that home should be where you and your family feel safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system, Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Panthers and Locked On Steelers listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Go out and do it right now. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report. And guess what, y'all? It's not the first time, it's not the second time, it's the third year in a row that's happened. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you can get a higher priority police response. Simply Safe is home security of advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside of your home, smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Don't miss your chance to say big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off. That's an insane deal on any new system. Not not old systems, a brand new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, back here on Locked on Panthers, Locked on Steelers. Yet another Locked on NFL crossover Thursday sponsored by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com, download the Prize Picks app wherever you get your apps on your phone. And air promo code Locked on. Julian Council, host of Locked on Panthers. Chris Carter, host of Locked on Steelers. Panthers, Steelers, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Believe on CBS. Doesn't really matter. You'll find the game either way. 
uh, when you try and go watch it on Sunday if you want to do that. Now, I know Panther fans are jacked up. Not sure how Steelers fans are feeling after that loss to the Ravens on Sunday. Chris, let's look at some of the key matchups going into Sunday afternoon's game. Looking at Pittsburgh, what are the matchups that you're looking at that you think might be advantageous and might have the Steelers at a disadvantage when facing off against Carolina Sunday afternoon? Well, one thing I think it's going to be very interesting is this offensive line for the Panthers that I think has been playing better football um, as as time has gone. You got Ike McQuano, who's gonna who's gonna be playing against probably T.J. Watt in this situation. They're they're gonna line up a lot, and you know Quano is a guy that a lot of Steelers fans were looking at in the draft. Like, man, if only you could get that type of athlete and add him to your offensive line. Um, you know, and, and I think that there's there's some excitement there. But you got Austin Corbett, you got Taylor Moten. Those guys have been playing better this season. The Steelers' defensive front has not been as strong as it has been in recent years. Part of that has been Cam Hayward's getting older, still a really good player, but hasn't been as dominant as he has been in some of his all pro seasons. TJ Watt obviously injured this year. So that's been, that's been a lot. And even since he's been back, he has not obviously been at a hundred percent. He's been still kind of work, working his way there. Um, Alex Highsmith has been good this year. He's 10 plus sacks, but uh, you know, but still he's not the catalyst of the pressure that the Steelers had before this season, the Steelers had, five straight years of leading the NFL in sacks. And those are all five years that TJ Watt played the majority of, of the games of the season, if not all the games in the season. And the first year that he misses eight games, now they're not even in that conversation. I think that shows how big of an impact he had on this defense for so long. Um, and I think that's also a big reason why they're in the position they are. If he plays, if he plays every game this season, they're not, you know, dominating the league or anything, but I think they pull out some of those earlier games and we're talking about closer to 500 or they might even have a winning record at this point. Uh, but even since he's been back, like we, we saw even last week, he got, he got, a, his, he got a sack. He's still not the same TJ Watt. He's not dominant against the run. And that's where I think uh, Iquanu is going to have a really interesting opportunity to kind of put on, put on some good highlight tape moments to block TJ Watt and say, Hey, one-on-one you and me, I'm going to lock this down. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, you know, if, if, if Watt gets moved over to that side, Alex Highsmith going up against him, still a big matchup because Alex Highsmith has gotten so many sacks this year. Uh, but yeah. the same thing on the other side, if TJ Watts up against Taylor Moten and the Steelers are flipping guys around, um, I think that that's going to be another interesting matchup, but the Steelers defensive front against this offensive line for the, for the Panthers. I think that's a huge point of emphasis. That the Steelers, that the Steelers have to find a way to neutralize. They got bullied by the Ravens up front with the third string quarterback. The Steelers gave up two. 215 yards on the ground and I think the most disappointing part for them was when Mitch Trubisky got them a touchdown uh with like with about two minutes left in the game the defense was on the field knew they were running the ball and the Ravens were able to get a first down in three plays to, to ice the game out that's going to be I think is the big big matchup here is can the Steelers defensive line win some more matchups uh, get some opportunities to to kind of one get after Sam Donald, stop what they're doing in the backfield, and keep Chuba Hubbard limited because Hubbard's been get, I think he's been getting better as well for the Panthers. Yeah, and that's the matchup I'm looking at too. The only way the Carolina Panthers can win football games at this point in time is playing great defense, which they're going to do. But really, offensively, they've got to run the football because this is not a passing game that's going to scare anybody. DJ Moore had an ankle injury, was. Mm questionable whether he was going to be out there this week. He did fully participate in practice on Wednesday, so he's good to go. But either way, he only got three targets 
in that win against Seattle. It's not like mm. when he's out there, he's getting a ton of opportunities. Him and Sam Darnold did have two key connections against the uh, uh, the Broncos a couple weeks ago in that win. But Sam Darnold, like they're not asking him to do much at all. Like since he's came back right. and he's won these last two starts, he's completed 25 of 43 passes, but only for 284 yards. Two touchdowns, still interceptions, which is the most important part. He did have a fumble, but he recovered it, then rolled into the end zone against the Broncos, which was a funny moment, but also could have been a disastrous moment, which we've become accustomed to when watching Sam Darnold play. But you hear that, <laughs> 25, 43 passes for 284 yards, two touchdowns. Like That's what most quarterbacks do in a single game. So that's just telling you how they're not asking him to do a lot. Now, he missed a couple reads on the RPOs last week, had an opportunity on a third down even before that where he could have ran the football. And Steve Wilkes, the interim coach here in Carolina, said that he wants Sam to run it more. And Sam recognized when speaking to the media um, and his availability on Wednesday, like, yeah, I got it. I missed a couple opportunities. I need to do better on that. So expect Sam Darnold to also be a part of that run game. But really, the formula for Carolina is that offensive line that has what we learned this week, the RB set, where they bring in Cam Irving, the swing tackle, mm -hmm. and in Cade Mays, uh, their guard, I think is a six-rounder out of Tennessee, a rookie. He comes into the backfield as a fullback. And they call it the Arby's because they got the meats. They got and the meats. Meat, I was about to say that. And that meat has been pushing people around over the last couple of weeks. And Whoa. since Wilkes took over, the Panthers are averaging almost 147 yards per game on the ground in their wins, four of them. They're averaging over 200 yards rushing and seeing how things have Falling apart recently with the Steelers, who were the worst rush defense in the league last year. And I know for a period of time they were top 10, but they've now kind of fallen back to 15th and seeing a lot of the stack boxes that they weren't able to, that they had against the Ravens and still couldn't get off the field. Seattle did the same thing, but Seattle's far worse of a rush defense than Pittsburgh. Carolina's going to want to try and impose their will late in that game, especially, but throughout the entirety of the game, not alone, not just with Chuba Hubbard who was better on Sunday than Deontay Foreman, who has four, uh, four of the last seven games he's had over 100 yards rushing, had a foot injury last week. Maybe that limited him. But even Raheem Blackshear, he showed mm -hmm. something where he got a touchdown that helped salt that game away. So really, it's going to be the trenches. And it's not surprising. Mike Tomlin, you know, you know the kind of coach he is, the kind of physical football teams he annually has in Pittsburgh. And that's really just the organization's identity. But that's the same identity that Steve Wilkes has kind of brought here to Carolina in the last eight games. So, yeah, that's the matchup I'm looking at. I mean, defensively, like Brian Burns, we'll see what he can do if he can get after some of the guys. He's got 10 and a half sacks. Frankie Luvu, he's been all over the place. But truly, the game's going to be won or lost based off of how well the Panthers can run the football and how well Pittsburgh can stop it. Of course, you know, there'll be questions and concerns about who starts at quarterback for Pittsburgh. But honestly, from my perspective, whoever wins that battle as far as Panthers offensive line versus Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line, that's going to dictate who comes out on top on Sunday afternoon. Now, we'll talk about who comes out on top on Sunday afternoon here momentarily as we'll break down more of the Panthers-Steelers matchup and look at the line here on the other side. But speaking of the betting line over there, our official betting partner here at Locked On Sports, Locked On Podcast Network, rather, is uh, betonline.net. It's your number, number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to the college football bowl season starting off this weekend, to basketball and the World Cup, France and Argentina in the final on Sunday. They've got you covered at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts like Locked On Panthers and Locked On Steelers, you can also find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and the easiest way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more but online where the game starts. You're, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can get make it home okay. It's no big deal. 
or the odds you get pulled over anyway. And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still does not stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. You're not. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. And it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, back here on Locked on Panthers and Locked on Steelers. It's a Locked on NFL crossover Thursday sponsored by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com, download the PrizePix app, enter promo code Locked on Julian Council, host of Locked on Panthers, Chris Carter, host of Locked on Steelers. I believe the line only opened up at, I think, Carolina is a one and a half point favorite on Sunday against Pittsburgh. That line is now up to two and a half points in favor of the Panthers over at Bet Online, Chris. And the first time the Panthers have been favored since their week four home matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, by the way, they lost that game by double digits. So hopefully that will not be a repeat on Sunday. I don't know how you feel about predictions, but just looking at this game, how are you feeling about it from the Pittsburgh Steelers perspective at five and eight and having lost what I don't know. A lot of those guys took hard in the locker room, losing to their hated Ravens. Uh, their favorite rivals, the Ravens, on Sunday. I mean, there's definitely a lot of a lot of upsetness right now. That the Mike Tomlin is a guy we've talked to Arthur Motes, former Steeler, on our show about this. Is like when when things aren't going right, Mike Tomlin is is not the friendly, nice coach that you see who's chatting with Brian Clark in the summer uh, and saying like, "Yeah, I love my guys." No, he's he's pressing his guys, he's challenging them. He's saying like, if the, if he says you got to be on the twenty yard line for a practice at 3 p.m. and you're there at 3 3 3 p.m. with two seconds you're fined like however much money you're, you're fined for and that kind of stuff they tighten up in these situations and I do believe and from what we heard there was a, some tightening up early in the season but let's get real this is also just a Steelers roster that just isn't as talented they admitted they were in this is a rebuild right now for them so uh, there is a bit of you know disappointment in that game, and they want to come out and they fight in, in, in this type of a game. But I think the biggest thing that comes out of this is you know the matchup that you were talking that we were both talking about as far as the Steelers' defensive line versus the Panthers' offensive line. One of the ways the Steelers have neutralized those disadvantages in games where they've won like the Colts and the Falcons was by getting leads and forcing teams to say, hey, you may want to throw, you know, your your Arby's package out there and just run us over. But you might not want to now because you're down 10 points and there's only so much time left and we're running the ball. And I think that that's where the Steelers have to kind of kind of win some things here against the, the Panthers defensive front. Um, because if the Steelers run game can get going, it didn't last week, but Baltimore Ravens have one of the best run defenses in the NFL and they were able to, to keep, to keep it limited. There were times when Najee Harris was creeping through, but then in the second half, he only got two touches. I think that was a big mistake in what the Steelers were trying to do. But again, what happened, the Steelers went down early because they were, they were, they were having so many turnovers instead of converting those possessions into points in this game, they got to do what they did against the Colts and the Falcons build a lead and build a lead and also be able to run the football, take away clock and take away chances for the Panthers to get that run game going. If that is achieved, maybe that, the, maybe there's something to be said there. And this, and the Steelers come out with, come out with a win in this game. But 
you know, I, I look at how the Panthers run run, de, run defense has been this year. Uh, they're uh, 24th in yards in yards allowed, 21st in yards per attempt. So there might be a chance for the Steelers to get a run game going. This would be huge. I'm also intrigued to see how does you know does Kenny Pickett come back in this game, and if and if someone starts at quarterback, do they take the vertical shots against the Panthers? Because you know I look at the Panthers' passing defense, and they've been, they've had better numbers there as far as overall. Um, you know they're 11th in yards per attempt and net yards per attempt uh you know as far as pass defense goes so i look at that and i start to think like man if if the steelers are in this game can they get it to a point where their run game can be the factor that pushes them along the the steelers have not invested into their offensive line like the panthers have but they have coalesced a a, a bit better mason cole's been a better center uh uh uh, James Daniels has been a better right guard. Jacob McCorf has been steady at right tackle. Dotson and Moore on the left side, not so much. So can the Panthers blow that up and and kind of keep this game either within three points or have a lead going into the fourth quarter? They do that. I think the Panthers win. But if the Steelers are the team with you know a seven-ish point lead, a 10-ish point lead in the fourth quarter – that's where I think the Steelers are able to, to able to win the game because then you're going to say Sam Donald throw throw down the field and test Minka Fitzpatrick and then you're playing into more of the Steelers' strengths. Yeah, no, I absolutely believe that too. I mean, if the Pittsburgh is going to win this game, they're going to have to have that double digit lead and ask Sam Darnold, not really ask, but force Sam Darnold to go out there and beat them. If they can be able to stop this run game, now if it's a closer game around seven points, I do think the Panthers will stick to what's been their identity over the last couple of weeks. But you're talking about Panthers defense. I mean, just throwing out some numbers at you. I mean, they've been the third best defense by DVOA over the last five weeks. I mean, they've also over in three of their last four games where they've won those games. They're only averaging 15 and a half points per game allowed. Uh, I saw that they're tied fourth in the NFL and four fewest yards allowed per attempt. Also that secondary JC Horn has been excellent. Now Xavier Woods, when they're starting safeties, he missed Saturday Sunday's game against Seattle. He was back at practice on Wednesday as a full participant with that knee issue. So he should be good to go. Jeremy Chin's come back recently. They've had some issues with some of their other guys, but now that they have three of their starters out there and then CJ Henderson's also had some trouble, but he had a big pick on pick on Sunday at Seattle that defense has really looked good. And Brian Burns, of course, Derek Brown's had the best year of his career in his third year where he's now in line to have his fifth-year option exercise uh, by the May deadline in 2023. That defense has been really good. But for Carolina, it's you know it's so interesting just looking at where this team is at. And I was telling my listeners the other day that this kind of feels like, in a way, like kind of a trap game because Pittsburgh, they're no longer really in the AFC title battle, not right. title race, but in the battle for the wild yeah, card. Right. It, and you, you talk about it's a, re, it's a rebuilding year. Like, is that even in a Pittsburgh Steelers fan lexicon? Like, I, I mean, that's wild to me. <laughs> that, that's the thing. I, I don't think, and that's the thing, P- Pittsburgh Steelers fans and a lot of people that I've interacted with, they don't understand. Like, oh, this is terrible. And I'm like, guys, when they said this was a rebuilding year, this is what it looks like. But because they're not eight and five and they're actually five and eight, people are acting like this is a disaster. Yeah. And I, for one, thought if TJ Watt was healthy, they would be looking better this year. It still wouldn't be a good year. Like, they're still going to be a, a team that gets bounced from the first round of the playoffs if they even made it. But I'm like, re- re- reality expects when you lose your best defensive player and you have a rookie quarterback, you're going to you're going to have have a, some setbacks. But that is a thing that Steelers fans, I, I when I say Steelers fans are spoiled, this is an example because Panthers fans been dealing with that for a long time. Yo, we, they've never had back-to-back winning seasons. This is their 28th oh season. They've never had back-to-back winning seasons. And the only way to set up next year to have a possibility of a winning season is by winning out here over the next four weeks and really would be the last six games of the season dating back to the wins against the Broncos and the Seahawks. So, hey, 
if this is a bad season for y'all as far as a rebuild, I mean, I know typically a rebuild would be like if you said they were eight and five. But because of that, I think a lot of people here locally are kind of thinking like, oh, okay, this is a game they should win. Now, I do expect, as has always been tradition, when Pittsburgh comes to Charlotte, there was going to be a ton of terrible towels. Just because it's the Steelers, there's plenty of people from Pittsburgh who now live down here. Like They, they take over every stadium. It's one of those legacy franchises. No one should be surprised why it happens. But we've certainly become accustomed to it here in Carolina as this team has struggled since the owner, David Tepper, took ownership of this team. But Steve Wilkes has challenged the fan base to go out there and what he said, protect the bank, you know, keep those guys out of the stadium. Like we're in this, we're trying to win this game. So he's got the attention of his players. Cause he came out on Wednesday and he talked about how Mike Tomlin's a great coach. They got great players on all three levels of that defense. Talked about TJ Watts, about Mika Fitzpatrick. And he said like, that's a team that's going to be prepared. So as a fan, you can look at it as being, Oh, it's a trap game. Potentially like you know, Pittsburgh, they had their point differential is minus 66. Like they're by far the worst team as far as point differential that the Panthers are playing in the last four weeks. Like that's a game that they should win. But again, you know, Steve Wilkes kind of woke me up as well. Like when he was just going out there and praising this team, because you got to understand, I think they're going to play with some pride here for Mike Tomlin and try to not have that first losing season with him on, as a Steelers head coach. And also, you know, go out there and, and play a team that they probably think they're, they're better than. And I don't know how much respect there is there for Sam Darnold. So it'll be an interesting matchup to see. Like, Kenny Pickett, if he plays, whether it's him or Trubisky or Rudolph, just Panthers defense, should not have any trouble with any of those three quarterbacks. They have certainly shown when they play guys that are below average that they have, they, they take advantage mediocre. of it. <laughs> Yeah, mediocre. Yeah. Like, what's the nicest way to say this? Because yeah. Trubisky, he's not good. Uh, he's not <laughs> the UNC yeah. guy. You had to pull that out. I had to pull that out. Yeah. <laughs> There's another word I would like to say, but I'm I'm gonna be nice about it because he is a Tar Heel. Rudolph, uh, not great. And then Pickett, he's a rookie, so we'll give him a pass. But still, hasn't been great so far. So it will be an interesting game. I don't really know who I'd have. I would take in this game. I could see it either way. The Panthers do lose. It's on. It's not the end of the world for them. Is that they win their last three games at eight and nine, winning two divisional games where they would be five and one in the division. That should help them out in tiebreakers, whether it's Atlanta or Tampa, potentially they're tied at eight and nine. So you don't want to lose this game. You're going to lose a game and you have to lose a game. You, you would lose next week to the Lions, which is also insane to say. Um, but you would rather lose the Lions and Steelers just based off of like the history. Right. But that's where we're at with Carolina. So, I mean, with Pittsburgh, I, I guess we'll see. We certainly will, Julie. I think it's going to be a very interesting. <laughs> this is the thing, though. Like both of these teams, you're looking for even even though the Panthers are in the the playoff hunt because they're a game behind the the Buccaneers right now. You're still like no one's expecting this team to make a run, even if they make to the playoffs, right? Your biggest concern yeah. here right now, just as the Steelers' biggest concern, is who are players that are young and are looking. You're looking to build around who step up. Like for example, this is why I brought up Ike McQuanu, uh in in the opening in the opening segment. If if he's out here and he has a strong performance, you know, the, it's winning games like this late in seasons that, you know, other guys start to rally around. And then you start to have confidence in yourself and coaches and, and the organization can be like, hey, circle this guy's name. He's the, he's the guy that says that's, that we're, they're going to circle on the Steelers. They're looking for those guys as well. They know they have younger guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, veterans like TJ Watt, uh, who are going to who are going to carry the torch forward. But they're looking for some of their younger guys, Pat Fryer, Najee Harris, George Pickens, guys like that. And if Kenny Pickett starts, Kenny Pickett. Uh, but guys yeah. like that who rise up in those moments. And there's guys on the Panthers roster like that, too, that I'm sure that they're, they're saying, hey, you know, if you want to be here for the long term for the next time when we're actually making a real run and we're a really competitive roster, it's this time of the year that you got to step up and show us how for real you are.
Yeah, I mean, it's evaluation time for Pittsburgh. Still is for Carolina, even if they are in the midst of this uh, NFC South race. And they already have some young guys like Brian Burns, who they weren't willing to trade. DJ Moore as well. They've circled a couple of those names. And there's a lot of uh, fans who are kind of hand-wringing about, ah, we need to get a quarterback. Well, Scott Fitter, the Panthers general manager, he made that move with Christian McCaffrey. That would allow them, if they need to, to go up there and trade for someone in the draft in 2023. The Panthers do fall back and take themselves out of position to kind of just sit there and take a quarterback. Should be an interesting matchup on Sunday, 1 o'clock, against the Panthers and the Steelers of Bank of America Stadium. That's all we have for you on Crossover Thursday. Thanks for checking out the Locked On Steelers podcast. Be back Friday with more from myself and Jenna Harner breaking things down in this matchup and getting you ready for a Steelers Sunday. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a fun weekend. We'll see you very soon right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast that you can find on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day. Remember to rate us five stars with a positive comment on Apple Podcasts. We get you a shout out at the end of the show. Back tomorrow with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers. 